not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome back to The View from the Ninian. After an inevitable 2-0 loss at the new den, the old den, whatever the den is in Millwall, it's always the 80s there. Um, Cardiff City 2-0 in the Championship, away at Millwall. I'm joined by Ben Price, Tom Phillips. Almost mix your names up there. I was going to call you Tom Price and Ben Phillips. Um, ben, um, I'm not you Ben had Phillips. A we- I want to put that straight no, now. You're Ben Price. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to be associated with that Ben Phillips from was he on Facebook and TikTok and stuff. Who's that? Have you not seen him? No, I don't spend much time on TikTok. That's a lie. Yeah, no, I spend all my time on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Ben Phillips? Oh, he's, um, he was like on those prankster things from like oh, from, yeah. from the and that's, yeah, he's not I mean, a nice man. We can talk about him if you want because it's probably better than talking about the football. No, because yeah, no, I can't talk about it. But yeah, he's not a nice man. All right, uh, good. We'll move <laughs> swiftly on from there to you, Tom. Um, I, you had not a nice time in Millwall yesterday. Oh, yeah, it was inevitably depressing, both on and off the field. You know, it's, it's exactly what you've come to expect with the trip to Millwall. But there we go. I'm sure we get into it now. Oh, of course you will. I think um, uh, one of the themes that has come through some of the Twitter comments and through my comments is that it's a cursed place. I've never seen Cardiff win there. I think I've been about four or five times and I've never seen us get three points there. I've seen us draw and lose. Um, and it makes me not want to go back ever again. So first question, Ben, is it was an inevitable loss at the New Den. Who do you blame for this one? Difficult, and I think everyone was equally shit, weren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you blame the most then? I don't know. Um, I I generally no one had a good game today. It's not like you can look back and say from that second half, no one can come out of that and say, oh, they did right, especially defensively. It's probably yeah, you've got to blame the back line. The only one that probably comes out of it with no blame is Allsop. Yeah. You couldn't have done much for either of the goals. It's defensive issues in the midfield causing huge problems. Tom, who do you blame? Yeah, I think the defence again. Um, I thought going forward, we were a little bit toughless at times, but we did create the odd chance. But at the back, we're just so ropey, I think. Uh, and Konku, is, he, he's come in, he's clearly a character, he's up for the fight, but I think he's very naive defensively at times. Uh, I think that second goal was absolutely atrocious defending. Oh, he, he just so switched much off. Time and just went straight over his head. Yeah. Um, and I think he does. He has. I feel like I've said this about every one of our defenders. They've all got a mistake in them. Yeah. And it's a bit depressing going into games now, knowing that we need to score a couple of goals because I don't really trust us at the back at the moment to keep a clean sheet. So, no, I think you've got to look at the back line as as the main problem. Um, yesterday, we could talk about. We'll talk about the goals. Um, we'll get into that in more detail in a sec. But Ben. We've talked about the back line. At the other end, we did have chances, as Tom has alluded to there. We had uh, a header that Philogene should have done a lot better with. Um, Ojo and Harris both hit the post, albeit kind of stretching. Harris, was it a cross? Was it a shot? Um, we aren't scoring goals at the moment. I think it's six hours on the road, which, which we haven't scored a goal. That's my, my Plymouth friend Aaron sent me that tweet, uh, that stat, so good for him. Um, do you think the goals are coming? Now we've signed Robinson, do you think we're going to batter a team in a few weeks' time? Not at the moment, no. Um... Again, you sort of look at it, I just don't think we can finish. Um, Philogene should have scored. I mm-hmm. think of all of them, Ojo's is more difficult because it's sort of, he's got to take... He's going around the defender. It's not an easy chance. Same with Harris. I think if he goes in, that's a hell of a goal, to be fair. Um, yeah, but Philogene should have scored. And it's just sort of those things. Um, 
what is missing the one-on-ones to not getting anywhere near the ball to get in the places for one-on-ones. He's regressed massively the last couple of games. And yeah, I just don't, I don't see it coming at the moment. I really don't see us controlling a game. So if you think back to that, again, we go back to the Norwich game at the start of the season, sort of the control we had in the game there. That seems to have gone from us completely. We don't seem to be able to get a grip of a game and sort of create stuff and sort of even just get a decent spell of possession on the ball. It's just, yeah, it's gone backwards a bit. And it's to be expected, it's a new system and everything. But yeah, it's regressed quite a lot in a very quickly spaced time. And at the moment, no, I don't see us creating enough for anyone to score many goals. Tom, um, we talk about Waters. Uh, he got hauled off about 10 minutes earlier than he normally would, just after half time at half time yesterday. Um, eight touches in the first half, um, uh, a record low, although he did put in a decent cross of Philogene's header. Um, so we can give him some credit for that. Um, how long now do you give give Waters? It's been eight games. He hasn't scored. He's missed a couple of sitters. We can't sign someone like Robinson for him to sit on the bench. So one more game. Do you start Robinson next game? Yeah, I think Robinson comes straight in. Um, I felt sorry for Waters um, against Millwall because he's isolated. Didn't get to it. Yeah, he was completely isolated. We did that first half. We didn't create much at all. I, we. Millwall just felt like they were in control the whole game. I think even though they didn't create a hell of a lot of chances, like their goal felt inevitable where it felt like we wouldn't score if we yeah. played another for an, another yeah, another three hours. So yeah, I felt sorry for Waters. We he didn't get the service, but I think you know, I, I think he's better better getting out of the team now. We've got another option. We didn't have another option before. He may benefit coming on in the last 20 minutes of a game when it opens up a little bit more. You know, we, we've we've said on the pod in the past, you know. Harris looks better in those last 20 minutes because it starts to open up a bit and we start to play a bit more directly to him. So I think Waters kind of needs that rest and needs to come in, you know, for the latter end of the game rather than, you know, us looking at him for the main focal point from the start. Ben, we've we've talked about it in recent pods, a kind of lack of urgency across the team. Um, It seems like we're, you know, as Tom says there, you know, Mill will look like they're going to score. We don't look like we're going to score. There's people in in our tweets saying that there's no urgency across the team. We don't seem to zip balls across like other teams do. What's what's the issue? Why 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 do we seem just happy to be steady at the moment? Is it because we're still learning the way we play or is there just a lack of that urgency across the team? It's a lack of, it's 100% actually a lack of urgency. No one's like playing that killer pass. They're happy just to knock it about and sort of hope something breaks. No one, a lot of the midfield seem afraid to sort of go for that killer instinct ball and sort of zip that ball into a forward or out to a winger. It's very one pace. There's no, it feels all too methodical. It feels very paint by numbers, sort of. Mm-hmm. They've been coached to play this way. You pass here, you pass there, you pass there, and sort of go like that. And they don't know how to break from that. They just don't seem to, but well, it's not even they don't know how to play it. They don't seem to believe in themselves enough to go, Right, now's the time. There's the space. Let's ping the ball in there. Um, the the only player that's really done it for us all season is Odouda, and it shows how much we're missing him at the moment. Um, yeah, it's just lack of urgency and a lack of killer instinct from any of the players to sort of just put play something other than sort of like a carefully weighted pass to the other player. One player we'll be hoping to change that, Tom, is Callum Robinson. Uh, sign on deadline day. We'll talk about his sign in a bit more detail um, in, in the next section. But came on at the halftime in place of Waters. Uh, what were your initial first impressions of him? Does he look bright? Where did he come on and play? I think I think he did look bright. I think he gave us something a little bit different up there. Um, he's clearly 
a decent player, you know. And I think the players around him kind of picked up a little bit when he came on as well. I think there's a little bit more, even though he's only just joined, there seemed to be a little bit more trust in him already. And I think, I'm hoping, you know, that will change our style of play ever so slightly now going forward into the other games. So we, we try and get the ball to the strikers a bit earlier. But, you know, it can't get any worse at the moment with our scoring, can it? So it's the ideal time for a striker to come in because he'll become an instant hero if he, if he bags a goal or two in those first couple of games. Um, but, you know, we need something up there because we are really, really struggling. And it's not necessarily the striker's fault. Like, like Ben said, we're just passing the ball around. Nobody's playing that killer pass. You know, the, the only person who seems to be confident on the ball is Alsop. And he's our keeper. Yeah. And I keep shitting myself every time he tries to do a turn. But like, you know... Do I, you put him I'm in with, 10? Put him in the 10 position? I tell you what, it might be worth a shout. But no, I think like, it's a pity that Colwell, you know, he yeah. can't get fully fit. Because um, I think Colwell and Robinson could be a really, really good link up. So I'm hoping to see that over the next month or two. Um, ben, let's get to the goals. Um, obviously, the first goal was, I mean, we always prided ourselves under Warnock for our kind of, you know, we we're very good defensively when it comes to set pieces. But since he's gone over the last few years, even though we had people like Flint and Morrison team last year, we, we've seemed to get worse and worse with our defending for these set pieces. Um, the first goal, who are you pinning the blame on? I've got NG loses his man here. I think, you know, he just takes his eye off the ball, starts looking at the ball, and Cresswell gets the run on him and, and, and beats him to the header. Is, is NG to blame for you? Is there anyone else in there that causes an issue? Yeah, I think it's just a lack of leadership in there, isn't it? It seems to be NG loses man. But there didn't seem to be a lot of talking from anyone in the box and the build-up to it. There's no... And I think that's the issue across the defence non-stop is there's no real leader in there. Yeah. The most senior pro we've got there is Perry NG, and he's learning a new position. Um, across that back four. Alsop, can do, you can do what you can as a keeper, but realistically, it sounds weird to say, but we're missing, like, he's not the ball playing centre-back we want, but like someone like Sean Morrison, at least he knows how to usher a defence sort of like, yeah, has how to do, and we're really, really missing that. And I think across the squad, to be honest, you look at it, it's not really like there's a leader, leader sort of stand out there. There's no one, you can look at the club captain, Joe Rawls, isn't it? Like, I'm not going to... He's not even Rawls, guaranteed he, to start. No, but he's not your sort of punch the air, sort of like G everyone up sort of captain. He's a lead by example captain, isn't he? He's yeah. sort of if you can't play, how do you lead by example? Yeah. Um and yeah, the club I think I think a lot of it is we're missing a leader on there. And the defending for those goals shows because there's just no communication, there's no talking, and people just switch off when that happens because no one really knows what's going on. And Tom, the second goal, you're blaming a kunku. Yeah, it just goes straight over his head, doesn't it? I think by that point, the game was gone anyway. It didn't feel like we were going to get back into it. But it's just another frustrating one. We just look so vulnerable at the back. I think the first goal is a bit more frustrating because I think teams have sussed this out now. It's literally get a ball in the box. You've got a good chance of scoring. Yeah. Um. You know, you can see, I think you mentioned it in the group chat earlier, the, the, Mark, the, the McGuinness revisionism has already started, saying, you know, why have you let him go? You know, he's a bit of height at the back. But you can see why people are pointing. I still think we were right to send him on loan, don't get me wrong. But you can see why people are kind of clambering for, you know, a solution to it. Because we, we just look so vulnerable at the back. Like, there was, you can sense it in the crowd. As soon as they've got, a team's got a set piece near our box, people are dreading it. Because we yeah. just look so, so poor under the ball. And then on the flip side then, we're equally as bad going forward when we've got a set piece. You can see that we're already trying to play shorter corners and stuff like that. Yeah. So because we haven't got that height in there. So it could be a long season um, if we carry on playing like that. Because when we go behind, we don't look like we're going to come back into games. There's just that, there's no oomph. I know it, it sounds too simplistic, but like, 
there's just no get up and go if you like you said it on there's no urgency about anyone when we go behind yeah but i don't think it's i don't think it's like you can say it stands too simple but i think a lot of it is there's no fire there's no bite um other than perry and you seem to want to fight the world if it all kicked Mm. off is there anyone like if you look at sort of like team la's and stuff and i know it's a bad bad example like you but Team Melee's a class. Don't ever say they're bad. Yeah, but I don't fancy any of our players in there apart from NG, really, do you? You can't imagine... Key break? Possibly, but... Wintour. Wintour? I, I think Rinomoto will exactly. get as good as he gets. It's just... There's no bite from any of them, sort of, you can sort of think and say they've got that sort of... They ain't got the dog that's... in them, is what you're trying to say. Yeah. You yeah, can see I why Millwall are hard to beat at home, right, at times, because... They're pricks. Yeah, or, like, the team on the field match what's going on in the stands... And like they've, but you can see it though. There's that, there is that bite though, isn't it, to them? There's like there's they know, there's they know what that cl- they know what their club is about, and they they get fully behind it. And I think Glenn Williams retweeted someone today. Um, where we are in transition, so we haven't got like that ten apart from rules. We, we haven't got that connection with the players yet. We haven't got that ten season man that we know you know is going to be there when you know we, we was backs against the wall so i think we're we're trying to find our identity like we've got a new identity with the ball but as a kind of team and as a relationship between the fans and the players we haven't quite got that yet and i think you can tell in games like that where people don't really know how to react on the pitch and people don't really know how to react in the stands we're not exactly getting behind the team when we're going yeah. one nil down at the moment it's, it's just pretty flat all around with that and this is a, a snap poll question coming to you first, Ben. Would you sign Sean Morrison back just for that reason? Yeah, 100%. I think he needs to come back in anyway, um, just to add a bit of seniority in the side. Um, he's not playing every week. He might very rarely play, but just that leadership in around the dressing room is going to be huge um, and something Tom, we're really you, lacking. Do you agree? Yeah, 100%. I think... Again, I'm not sure if it's too simple, but having that kind of leadership in the in you know behind the scenes and then with the odd cameo appearance as well, you know, and it, it would you know the fans have already got a song for him that's sorted. Easy. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people you know trying different songs at the moment. He we still lives sent, here. Yeah, we've got 17 players that we need to come up with songs for. So no, I I know I think having that experience would be invaluable. You know, there's not many players out there who are available like that. So yeah, 100. percent All right, I'll have a word. I'll see what I can do. Um. One final question on the game, Tom. I've seen Romain Sawyer's coming for a bit of stick across Twitter. Uh, people, again, kind of epitomising the lack of urgency in the middle of the park. We seem to chop a change in midfield on a weekly basis. Is he the right man for the system? Is he the right man for the team? Obviously, he's got a couple of goals, but hasn't done much else so far. Yeah, he does. He hasn't really impressed me. I think, you know, he'll go off to that flying start with a goal against Norwich. Um but in terms of performances, he hasn't really stepped up. And you can see why he was a bit part player in, in, in other teams where he was before. I think you can't really trust him to be like that kind of metronome in midfield or take the game by a scruff of the neck. I think when the game is nice and open, he's a great player to have. You know, the Luton goal, perfect, like arriving late edge of the box, put, yeah. ping it in from there. That, that's what we expect from him. But yeah, I don't think you can rely, rely on him to kind of set the pace for a team. Um, so yeah, I... I'm not massively impressed by him this far. Uh, ben, any any further thoughts on Sawyer's, or am I going to ask you? Do you think the new den's just cursed for us because it's a horrible place? I just think Sawyer's is playing in the wrong system, isn't he? Um, I don't think he suits being a sort of out and out mid, like central midfielder. He's better as a similar in the way Cole is. I think he suits a ten position more yeah. than he does playing play between the, the lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, he hasn't got the engine. He hasn't got the work rate and the capacity to sort of play. 
sort of out and out centre midfield role in the, what you're sort of being asked to do at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think part of it is I, I like you look at the identity of what's happened there. I the style's working, but I don't think the system is. I think we need to look at it and say, while it's good that we've looked, like Morrison said, and we've praised him for going out and sort of saying, look, we need, I want I want to play a 4-3-3, which is basically what we've played all season. Um, now we need to look at a variation of that and going, okay, cool, perhaps 4-3-3 isn't quite working. Do we do uh, 4-3-2-1 sort of, sort of formation and just change it up a bit? Sort of the system's still the same, but the formation's different, different sort of see if that gets the best out of players. Because right now what's happening, especially in the midfield, isn't working with these players we've got in. Maybe it's like football manager, they haven't got used to the second system yet, so we can only play this one. Familiarity. Um that's the only thing I can think of because um God knows I'm playing football manager at the moment, I'm struggling because I just think I'm I don't think I'm very good at the game. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm, so I, I'm, I'm trying not to criticize Steve Morris too much. Um before we get into the kind of you know, we had a few Twitter questions that kind of sparked the next debate. Um, Tom, there was some incidents in the crowd yesterday that drew some attention. Um you go to Millwall, Millwall fans are pricks, you know this, but we saw Millwall fans doing uh, playing gestures towards our fans. Uh, Marlon Romeo obviously came for a bit of stick and was visibly upset when he left the, um, the, the the pitch at the end of the game. I don't know to what extent what was said, what he you know what was said to Marlon Romeo, but he was obviously upset by it. Um, on the tweet around uh, the, the the video of uh, the Millwall fans doing Salah planes, there was a strange reaction from some segments of football by saying, why are you posting this video grassing on these, these fans? <laughs> I, I There's banter at football, isn't there? And then there's mocking the death of someone. And it, it, it oversteps the boundaries. And I don't think it's grassing on someone to post a video. It's it's not nice behaviour and it should be called out, right? Well, they're doing it in a public forum. So it's not like yeah. they're, they're being grassed on. They're there in front of thousands of people doing, doing it. plain signs. So if you, you know, you're going to be videoed doing stuff like that. I think like... Millwall feel like they need to live up to this reputation of being hard nuts and stuff like that. But that that to me, that's just too far. Like you are like you said, you're mocking the death of someone. And I think like I've had this conversation with people before. Like I'm a little bit of a hypocrite when it comes to stuff. Like I don't particularly like the sign-on chant towards Liverpool fans because I just find it quite snobby and classist. But then as a Cardiff fan, I'd be guilty of singing in the Swansea slums. Yeah. So like there's a little bit of hypocrisy there. So I'm not quite sure where the line is drawn but it's certainly a long way before mocking the death of someone, you know, because, you know, he's got a family and stuff, like, and it's just, I know they're not going to be in the Cardiff away end, but it's just disgusting. I just, I just don't really get it. Also, I just, I think, like you say, that the reaction of other fans to say, why are you grassing on them? All that kind of stuff is, it strikes me as very weird because it's, it's not, like you say, it's not grassing them up. It's just calling them out on it. And we've seen Ben in recent weeks, obviously, at the, the Reading game, you know, Kenneth called out the homophobic uh, abuse and all that kind of stuff. Um, there almost seems to be amongst football fans this weird protectionism when it comes to this kind of stuff. It's, oh, don't call them out on it. Don't grass them up on it. Like, I don't give a fuck if I grass up a Millwall fan. They should be doing it. Yeah, I, some people, and I don't get it, seem to think going to the football gives you an excuse. It's like carte blanche. Yeah, it gives you an excuse and it, like a free pass to be an absolute bell end of the highest order. Um, you can take the piss and this banter and stuff like that, but football isn't a right for you to racially abuse someone. It's not the right to mock people's deaths. It doesn't give you just grounds yeah. to abuse anyone, just sort of targeting people for no reason. Like there's there's 
a boost, there's booing, uh, booing and all of that. But no, it's I don't like I don't like this thing of like and these Cardiff fans to join they're going instead of saying, look, the fucking Millwall fans out of order, they're tweeting people going, Oh, why are you grass and why are you filming a video at a football game? No, society like you people want to go on about free speech, but if you want that free speech, it comes with consequences. consequences. And yeah, if you're gonna be a dick and mock someone's death, don't fucking cry and be when that snowflake you. that you claim you hate when you've been called out on it. I can't be asked that. I really, re- it's really, really annoyed me on Twitter today, just sort of seeing the reaction of a lot of City fans, which is really disappointing. Because I thought we were getting past that. You expect it from sort of certain areas of the club and sort of certain areas of the fan base of sort of behaving like that. But there's been people on Twitter that I, I really like and think they're good blokes, that, or I thought they were good blokes, but they're tweeting, don't be a grass and stuff. It's just, nah, you don't yeah. get away with shit at football. It's, it's just because you're at the football. Football fans get a lot of grief and a lot of it's unfair. But when someone's oh, being knobbed yeah. and they're being called out on it, they've got to be called on it because that's the right thing to do. Tom, we, we talked in recent weeks about the kind of um, degradation of football fans' behaviour at games and things like that. Where does this end? You, we're kind of, it just seems to be something new every week, something slightly worse than last time. You know, we've already seen at Cardiff Games this year homophobic abuse, ableist abuse. Uh, now we're seeing this quite strange reaction to someone mocking someone's death. I mean, what happens next? Uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm hoping it just kind of levels off Peter's a little out. bit. Yeah, it, almost like the overexcited kids who are cosplaying as hooligans kind of calm down a little bit. I, it feels like, it, to be honest with you, it is a min- like it's a minority of fans and it's it's young young fans as well, which is a more worrying thing. I think they're almost yearning for a type of football that they've they were never around for. Yeah, I think yeah. they just, just want to be like hooligan culture. That's kind of like seeping back in and it was much better than we slowly getting rid of it to be honest so I think it will peter out slowly but it just just things like artificial limbs videos and stuff like people throwing themselves over seats it seems to be like this clamber for like this fake atmosphere that people are crying out for just so they can get a 10 second clip on twitter but I, I think it, I'm, I'm hoping it'll start to ease off soon well yeah I agree I think um <laughs> I think some of the stuff we've seen at game, or heard about at games of this season has been kind of a throwback to a, an era that we thought we moved on from. And I think, you know, we, we keep mentioning it, but there's lots of good to celebrate around the club at the moment. The Sable Supporters Club are doing a great job. Brittany Lang with the Her Game 2 stuff. There's a lot that are trying to make the game a more inclusive place for, for people. And I think you can always go away and have a, a good atmosphere and, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff, but you don't need to take it beyond that, really, do you? And I think that's what people just need to, to realise, really. Um, moving on to... Really to put, just, sorry, do you know before we go to it as well? I think Steve Morris needs to get a bit of flack for this sort of the comment he gave about Romeo sort of Romeo's clearly uh, there's there's let's yeah, not deny right, what actually. Romeo sort yeah. of Rome, Romeo's departure was around racial undertones and sort of what's going on there and for Morrison to turn around and say well you've got to deal with that that's life I think that's fucking pathetic and bang out of order look you go to a former club and you can get booed and stuff like that but if it's crossing the line and Romeo clearly heard some stuff that really upset him look that's not a case of that's life. That should be reported and that should be addressed. To be fair, and the manager though, should be supporting the player on that. I'm not sure if there was. I didn't hear anything, or and you can't say for sure. You might have heard something, but I think it was just persistent booing. But I think I think that's why Morrison's kind of looks at, like said like you've got to deal with that sort of thing. If it's anything more than that, then it's disgusting. But I, th- I think the problem is, like you said, we know why they were booing. You know, it, it, it's because of the racial thing. They booed and taking the knee again. That was the loudest that crowd were all game. Like it, it's 
we know what they're like as a club, and that clearly upset Marlon Romeo. But I can kind of see why Morris. I don't know why I'm sticking up for him, but like I, I can kind of see why he didn't kind of go in harder on that when he was asked the question. But if that's the case, I, I think he should. It should be behind closed doors. He says that. I think he needs to come out and support of his player there. Yeah. I think that's really, really poor. And I really, really don't agree with how Morrison handled this whole situation. Do you reckon it's because it's his former club? Like that's what I was just. I, I think part. Yeah. I think part of it is he's trying not to lose favour because he got a pretty favourable reception there. And you sort of still see the Millwall fans say, mm. I, "I like Morrow," but yeah, no, it's just not for me the way he's handled that. And I think he should be called out on it as much as anyone. Um. What. We've already seen him being called out on on Twitter. Um, is you know, there's a bit of patience starting to wear thin with Steve Morrison. Um, I think we're starting to see the first murmurs of discontent at the club. Um, so I think we just need to just try and take a bit of time and reflect on 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 where we are as a season. I think um, with the transfer window closed last week, he got his signing in. We had a couple of tweets along these lines from still not a genius. Given this is transition season, and all it's clear it will take time for things to click. Question is, how long do we think it? will take the board to lose patience with Morrison if we were to lose patience with Zach Morrison is it fair to say there's likely no plan B I reckon Mick McCarthy will come back P- uh, and from Simon Hiscox people keep saying it'll take time for the squad to gel but how much time though we're eight games in heading towards 20% of the season done and we're 21st can't score a, love, a goal for love nor money and shipping too many goals tell me I shouldn't be worried I can tell you you shouldn't be worried but I don't know how convincing I would be um Tom, to that point, it's a transition season, right? We've last day of the transfer window, we finally signed a striker in Callum Robinson. That's obviously the the final piece of the puzzle, if you will, of, of 17 signings across the window. It was probably more than we wanted. Um, I think Akunku was only signed because obviously Collins was injured and all that kind of stuff. Um the highlight there that we're eight games into the season. I feel like to some extent the season starts now when it comes to judging him because he's got his striker, he's probably got his way of thinking he's going to play from now on. But how much time do you give him from now? Obviously, eight games, we're two wins, two draws, four losses, sitting 21st, but we're still only three or four points off the playoffs. It's not by all means, you know, a ruined season, but how much time do you think you give him before you start judging him? I think like plenty more. Um, and that's where rock bottom and not winning and you know, losing every single game then you know, you know, you've got to give the man time. Um, it's a whole new squad. Um, I think I think I think Ben touched on it last week, actually, when he said, you know, we kind of got carried away with that initial result against Norwich, where we got all got a little bit excited, beating the favourites to go up. And I think, you know, our expectations went up a little bit with that. But we're we're exactly where we thought we'd be. So I I'm glad that we do the podcast a day after a game. Because I, I I calmed down a little time bit. To chill out. I was absolutely fuming after the game yesterday. But I we know where we are. We know it's going to take time. There is good signs there. You know, some really really good stuff. We're playing a good brand of football. It's just going to take a little bit more time to gel. You know, you you're not going to start scoring a hat full of goals overnight when you've just met all your your new teammates. So, you know, we we, we need we are only eight games. I love the we're approaching 20% of the season as if we're really far into it, isn't it? It's like we've played fuck all games so far. Still 38. There's still a Premier League season to go. Premier League season to go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm not getting too worried just yet. I think I think the shoots of, like, kind of hope are there. And I think we will click. And I think we'll be comfortably mid-table, hopefully top half as well, because I think we're definitely going in the right direction. Ben, I, I I went on uh, I went on Chris Watton's show on Friday night on Radio Wales, and I said that I think to an extent Morrison should get more credit. Um, we're you know we've had a transfer seat, transfer window where we've had to clear out the deadwood, clear out a lot of first teamers, bring in a whole new team, 
plus backup players, plus backup to backup players because of injuries. And he's already got the brand of football that he wants to play going. We're still, we're playing very good football or, you know, very good possession football, passing the ball around. Um, do you think fans should be more patient with him? You know, we, we've seen on Twitter, some of the murmurs of discontent. I understand the frustration, but this doesn't happen overnight. We're, we're you know, eight games into the season, as Tom says, is, is, is small, is small fry at the moment, isn't it? So should we be more patient, giving him a bit more credit than he's getting at the moment? Yeah, hundred percent. That it's it's sort of easy to say and sort of take your time and be calm and see it as a process when you're winning. Um, and I get why people are panicking, but like, it's, like I said, it's so so long to go. Such a huge change. Probably the biggest change the club's faced. What since they got promoted to the league into the championship, mm-hmm. like it's a massive difference. And like, there's no need to panic just yet. It is literally because we've got that false sort of high of the Norwich game that sort of gives us a false false position there. It's there's no need to panic just yet. Morrison shouldn't be getting the criticism he's getting from certain areas for certain things. Um it's not criticizing like for party. the other things, not these things. Yeah, it's not yeah, he's he's done plenty of other shit for you to be annoyed at. Give him give him credit on this. Cause yeah, it's not like we're going out there and you can't see what's trying to happen. It's not as if I'm going out there going, I haven't got a fucking clue what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. I can see what he's doing and sort of trying to see how it's going to go. And we can see how it could be improved. It's just, it is just going to take time. And we're not, it's not a Christmas and it's sort of not looking hopeless. It's still a lot, like you said, there's a lot of good things still coming. It's just, yeah, just give it time. Just chill. We're not, the playoffs aren't going to happen this year. Oh. Just enjoy it and sort of just, yeah, just enjoy sort of the ball actually being in the midfield of the Cardiff City Stadium for the first time in 10 years. I wouldn't mind it being in the net every now and again, mind. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be nice. And I, I think it will come. It has to. If it doesn't, then we start panicking. Yeah. Um, Tom talking about putting the ball in the net. Callum Robinson, um, we kind of touched upon it earlier. He, he made his debut against Millwall, came in on transfer deadline day for around one and a half million pounds. Um I think last season it was something like nine goals, seven assists at West Brom. He's obviously scored in the Premier League with Sheffield United. Um, 27, good age profile, um, loves getting COVID. Um, good bit of business on the final day of the season. Is he the kind of striker you were hoping we'd get? We talked about it extensively on the pod, but, you know, what's your actual yeah. thoughts? Yeah, he's one of the three strikers we, we knew in football. <laughs> so that, that was a positive for us. But um, no, I think it's a good signing. I think that's the one benefit to us being poor for a few games is I don't think we make that sign-in if we're fourth in the league, for example. That's a good point. You know, if we if we beat Bristol City, we'd have gone second at that point, so things change yeah. quickly. But you'd rather get those negative results early doors, so you bring in... I didn't see us spending £1.5 on a striker on a permanent deal, so yeah. I think that's a shock to a lot of our fans. And, you know, I think that shows that Morrison's getting a bit of backing as well. So... No, I think it's a very, very shrewd sign-in. I think it's one that would really benefit um, us this season. So, no, it's a, it's a very, very good bit of business. Ben, you excited to see him play um, at the CCS? Yeah, I think he's just a bit different, isn't he, to what we've got. And I think that's what we've been crying out for, is just another option. Um, what is sort of your old-school number nine? Uh, Robinson's not quite that. He can sort of play across all the attacking positions, really, can he? So... That it's just something different, another option. He might he he's more likely to come a bit deeper and sort of look for the ball a bit more compared to someone like what is the way he plays. So yeah, it was we were crying out for it and fair play to the board for paying the money on it because I didn't think they'd go out and spend any I didn't think we spent over a million pounds on one player. 
So yeah, I'm fair almost, with that. It almost feels like reward for Morrison's you know transfer window business so far right he hasn't spent a fee on anyone there might be some loan fees along the way uh, but they're kind of minimal in comparison every player he's bought in has been on a free we've we've done what he set out to do which was lowering the age profile without spending too much money he signed championship pedigree it's almost like well done on the other 16 here's one and a half million for your final your final player go out and find someone good and it's, it's kind of what's happened really hasn't it um Tom, I do wonder, talking about sorry I do wonder if because obviously spent, the only one we did spend money was a tap day and I do worry yes, that he's together. been brought he's been brought in and they've gone, ah oh, fuck, he's not actually that good. Um that's the that's the that's the negative spin on it. Because it is interesting that we've only paid for two players and they're both in the same position. So we'll that see how the, that one plays out. But I feel like a striker was the area we needed to to assess the most, right? Like when it when it comes yeah. down to it. Because obviously we yeah, only yeah. had Waters going into the end of the season. Isaac Davis is injured. So a Tete and Robinson for an outlay of about two million pounds, if the reports be to be believed. It's pretty good business, right? For two strikers, one young striker, one proven striker. Um, and I think that's what I think we have to look at like if we've signed 17 players over the summer, we've only spent two million pounds on actual transfer fees, then that's even that is fantastic business um yeah. in a modern transfer market. So um Tom, talking about the players that we have brought in, who's your standout so far? Who's your favorite player of the new ones? I think it would have been Collins, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, um I think a lot of people would have said the same thing. Um I think the one that surprised me the most is Allsop. I think mm. I, I was kind of underwhelmed by it. It was like, oh, okay, we've signed him. And part of me thought that Alnwick would probably start. I'd heard like good things about him yeah. from fans up in Scotland. So no, I think I'm I he like we said before, he sets the tempo for, in terms of the passing game from the back. And I think that's been the biggest, you know, imagine seeing Everidge trying to do that. Um, it's just not going to happen, is it? So he's been crap with both feet. Yeah, with his two weak feet. So no, I think I, I've been impressed by him so far. Ben, who's your favourite player so far? I think uh, Romeo has been the most consistent. Um, I've been really surprised at how well he settled in. I thought the right back might be a sort of a bit of a dodgy area for us with two players because you sort of the Millwall fans sort of didn't rate him massively. Obviously, we know a lot of why that is, but <laughs> yeah, I wasn't too sure of him coming, but he's really impressed me going forward and defensively. So, yeah, with Collins out, Romeo's probably been my next favourite player. I've really enjoyed watching him. So, yeah, he's I'll go, I'll go O'Dowda, just to be slightly different. Um, obviously, start the season, where was it? Three goals and assists in his first three games. Um, got lovely hair. Um, and I think we really miss him uh, now that he's out of the squad. So, um, I'm going to go him. I'm not going to talk about disappointments because I think we should stay positive. But, um, Tom, I, I, Ben, I'll come to you on this one. Um, now that Morrison's kind of got his, his signings in, transfer window's over... It does feel like the, the the first few games of the season, he he's chopped and changed quite a lot um, in recent games. There's always a midfielder changing, a winger changing. Do you think he needs to settle on his team now to get the best out of them? Yeah, um, he needs to start with... I don't know if he needs to go, right, this is it, no matter what. I think he needs to take that time to assess. And I think that's what he's doing, but... I, 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 I'm not trying to criticise him. I just yeah, think it does feel it like causes he's a bit, settlement. Yeah, it does feel a little bit in the midfield, especially in the midfield. You know, it's right, Wintel's playing. Other yeah. than that, it's um, Guinevere and set of balls number three. Um, very random sort of just hope for the best because it doesn't seem to be any sort of reasoning behind the rotation of the players. It seems to be, right, I'll just go with Rinomata and Sawyers today. Yeah. Okay, that didn't work. This week I'll go with Rawls, Rawls. and Rinomata. Um, yeah, it's sort of, we de- that's the area we definitely need to work out not just the players, but the system that works best for all those players. Because, yeah, that will make life a lot easier, sort of make things 
a lot smoother, I think. Tom, um, they've, they've trailed it as a season like no other, um, which they think I think they've stolen from an NHL documentary during the Sochi Olympics. Um, that was there's a if you on you get, get on YouTube and watch a season like no other, it was about the, the mid season break in the NHL that year for Sochi. It's incredible. Um, we've got two months until the World Cup and we'll have a mid season break. Um, I can't remember how many games are between now and then, uh, but we're in 21st at the moment. Where are we going to be when the World Cup starts? Uh, 16th 16th Ben yeah I'd say about that possibly I'll go 13th just out of top half alright and I'll go 14th just in the middle um, uh, yeah moving on to Twitter questions um, we've got two tranches of Twitter questions today uh, one I think was immediately this morning there was a lot of negativity so I was asked if anyone's got anything positive to say and we did have some positive ones. So we'll start with the negative, round off on the positive, move into the Wikipedia quiz, round off on Hull, and we'll have had a lovely podcast, I think, guys. A really lovely podcast. Um, on the negative side of the questions, Gareth Dunning was worried beforehand that we would be, be an easy touch. Like Luton, they looked stronger, harder, and knew we were weak at set pieces and defending balls in the air. A repeat of other way defeats. Did we not have some leaders or hard men on the recruitment list? That's my main concern. Um, ben, is, is Sean Morrison the answer to that? The, the, the leadership, the, the kind of put your body on the line stuff? It's difficult. Isn't it? You'd like to say no, just purely from the way he plays. He doesn't really, when you think of sort of the ball playing centre-back, um, unless it's in the attacking third, Sean Morrison isn't the player I think of against Hull. Um, he's not the man I sort of think of in that role. But um, yeah, perhaps at times we need to bring someone like that in and just sort of get it there. But I think in the modern game, sort of, I'm, without sounding like Graham Suness and Roy Keane, the sort of leaders are harder to find these days, aren't they? They aren't quite as out there. It's um, a very different thing. I think the gen Sean Morrison sort of style of player, the way he is with it, and even further back, something like you look at Hudson and the way he led, yeah. they're a dying breed in football, really, aren't they? There aren't too many there. You sort of look at those, you sort of think they're dinosaurs compared to sort of the more modern players. And yeah, um, that's why I don't think the reason to buy it sort of takes time for leaders to develop and, there might be some in there. Again, we've got 17 new players in the squad. Over time, some of them are going to turn out and end up being leaders, I'd imagine, at some stage. I think um, Morrison's comments about there being a soft underbelly is quite telling, though. I think like if the manager's worrying a little bit that we haven't got that bite to us and we, we, we seem to be a little bit weak or, I don't know, a bit of a pushover when it comes to like towards the end of games and stuff. I think that's a little bit worrying. I think he's just trying to get a reaction from his players, but yeah. It, but we'll see how it plays out, see if he carries on moaning about it. Uh, Tom, Chris the Bluebird, why are we so lackluster? It's to the point when we have the ball, no one really knows what to do. As soon as the ball is pushed out wide, teams find out very quickly we'll come and stuck and give the ball away. Any ideas what they actually practice in training? Do you reckon they're just practicing names and they're like initiation songs at the moment? Possibly, yeah, because... I saw that about the Nottingham Forest. By Live Aid. By Live Aid, that made me laugh. And we aren't far off. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it is a, a matter of gelling. You know, like we said, we, we're playing some decent stuff. Teams at the moment know, like the Luton game is frustrating. They just put like nine, ten bodies in the in the middle of the box and went, do your worst. And we did do our worst. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I think you'll start to gel. We'll start to find that killer pass. We'll start to recognise runs of players and stuff. So... I'm hoping it's a matter of time uh, before we start to click. Um, Scott Bryant, we lacked pace and tempo when we had the ball. Same story so far this season. Pass it around well, but freeze when it comes to the final third. Set pieces have been poor for both sides of the ball. Midfield all seem very similar players. 
K49745. Morrison straight down the tunnel at halftime, very Mitt McCarthy-esque. Uh, David Groves, poor goal to concede from the corner. How can we prove that aspect when playing more ball-playing centre-halves? Ben, is it that we're doing zonal marking when we should be doing man-marking? You know, what would you try and do to improve the defence? It's difficult because you've lost so much height from those centre-backs. You've gone from Sean Morrison and Aidan Flint are absolute giants to NG, who I think's... Is he 5'10"? He's not small, though. No, he's not, but he's not tall, though. He's not massive and towering. He's sort of like you compare him to Flint. Flint would still be a good inch or two bigger than him. Can you play six foot four? Oh, he is. Then. I lied. Yeah. I thought one, one Which to be fair, I said last week, Philomata's a big lad. Uh, <laughs> not Rinomata. Uh, Philogene's a big lad. And then yeah. Hugh Kinsey kindly pointed out to me that he's only five foot nine. So. <laughs> <laughs> and NG's only, only one inch short of six foot. Yeah. But he's, but when you come to a centre backer, that's not big. When you're up against big, towering things. And yeah, he's just, we're just l- lacking that sort of bullying sort of aspect of our defence, I think. We need to keep ready to be harder. Uh, yeah. Matt DiffMJ, feel these are moments Morrow will regret not striking better relationship with the media and fans. I'm saying walking straight down the tunnel never helps. Murmurs of discontent going into three very hard to win games. Without that connection, Morrow has tried to get things could go sour. Sam Hill, frustrating. We're missing key chances to take control of the game and within a blink of an eye. The opposition go and score and we're on the back foot. Players need to start taking the chances. Goals change games. We're not far off. Results will come. Patience is key. It's kind of a positive one. Don't know why it's in the negative one. Um, Callum Bowen, Tom. Morrison out of his depth. That's just a question. Um... No, I think it's a bit too early to say that. Um, I think what isn't helping is the way that he's not really ingratiated himself with the fans and like the, the problems with the media will come back to bite him. We've said this before. Um, but no, I, I think he's done some really good things. So I wouldn't say he's out of depth yet, but he could do with being a little bit nicer to people just so they <laughs> give him a bit of backing. Yeah, when the push comes to shove. Um, also, congratulations uh, to Cal for getting married. I know I saw him in town on Friday, but oh, yeah, he got married. Congratulations, congratulations Cal. Uh, Jamie Reese, this one's for you, Ben. Warnock ball or Morrison's pass it around the back? Oh, Morrison's pass it around the back compared to sort of the way Warnock ball went towards the end. Um, 100%. Um, the only thing with Warnock's ball is you sort of think back to games like that Villa game, which is still one of the best performances I've seen in Cardiff City side do, and you mm. have that, but that was a rarity. I think we're more likely to see those performances long term if we stick with what we're doing with this plan. So, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not quite cr- cr- crying and sort of wanting to go back for that sort of old style yet at all. Um, well, I'm much, more, enjoy- I'm much yeah. more enjoying what we're doing now. <laughs> uh, James, Roberts, Tom, can you just tell me that everything will be all right? Yeah, everything will be fine. Lovely stuff. Honestly, dory. honestly, the reason we lost yesterday is because we're cursed at the den. It's the only logical explanation. That's the spirit. Um, ben, this one's for you because you're the only one with one. George, uh, George LCCFC, what is everyone's favourite breed of dog? I've got a little pug. Yeah, is that your favourite breed I, of dog? It's not, but he's my favourite dog. I like spaniels, but they're fucking mental, so you can't really keep that in a small house in the outskirts of Cardiff. So, yeah, pugs are nice and yeah. easy. Pugs, not drugs. Um, well, uh, Tom, Matt, CCFC555. Started to question Mark Hudson's role at the club in terms of the defensive side of things. Every goal we've conceded so far this season has been sloppy and we keep conceding set pieces. What do they work on in training exactly? Um do you agree with that sentiment? I reckon he's, you know, doing the drills with them and knocking their confidence by beating them to every ball. <laughs> yeah. Just winning the air all yeah, the time. Yeah, just winning, yeah, winning every drill. But I, I don't know, he must be pulling his ear out on the sidelines, to be fair, because it has been poor. I think the fact that we've got him on board fills me with a little bit of confidence that with time, his mm-hmm. wisdom will be imparted on them. But 
yeah, it, 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 the jury's out on it so far because we have been shambolic. Hudson's it's a well-regarded coach. Like, don't forget, he's come from the FAW sort of system and was well thought of at Huddersfield and sort of was given a lot of sentiment stuff. He's a good coach. It's not a case of what he's doing wrong. Again, it's just buying time. It's just new. It's just new. Yeah. It's all new. Um, Edward Tobin asked a similar question. Why can't we still defend set pieces? Seems like an ongoing issue for a few seasons now. We still can see very soft goals. Uh, Rodri, thoughts on giving Morrison three to four years to get us into the Prem, Ben? I was thinking about this today, actually, the Premier League sort of thing. I don't want it. I don't want to see us getting battered 9-0. I don't like you look at what happened to Bournemouth 9-0. Um Yeah, but they did win yesterday. They, they did. Forest yeah. 3-2 after after it's... a lovely 2-2-0 loss, uh 2-0 um deficit. It's weird. I I never want to see us play in the Premier League again, but I don't want to be one of those teams that does nothing to fight for in the championship and become like Ipswich were for years. Well, that's the reason. Like yeah, yeah. What's the whole point of doing this? Yeah, that that, come, that becomes the like we become in the championship, but we don't want in the Premier League then. Yeah, so it's better suppose, off just going yeah. up every now and again, getting a few yeah. batterings, and then starting the challenge. You know, it is it was fun in the Premier League. I think by the end we, we were kind of like, oh yeah, we'll we'll enjoy it more in the Championship. But I think that's turned out to be bollocks. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, when you lose, was it three one to Wigan on the first game, and you got keep hamstring <laughs> exploding, going, oh yeah, Championship yeah. would be rough too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, look, I've got no problem giving Morrison as much time as he needs to this project at the moment. Um. As long as things have progressed, you can sort of see that things, are, even if they're not moving as quickly as we'd like and it's not out-and-out out success straight away, things are moving in the right direction. It's when things look really bleak and things have regressed. That's when you sort of question this position. But for now, yeah, keep the project going. It's no issues in making a change, no rushing to making a change yet. Good. That's what I wanted to hear. Um, Ian Ballinger, uh, why do a large proportion of the fan base want Morrison to fail? Alien concept to me. I don't think many people do want Morrison to fail. I think loads of people want him to succeed. I still think there's more positivity around him and, and, and the club than there is negativity. It's just the, the, the when things go badly, the, the negative voices sound louder. Uh, Oliver Reese, I think I've come to the realisation that it'll take this time for this group to gel. Yeah, it's not great to see us play and lose like that yesterday, but I think we need a little patient. Things didn't start off well under Warnock, to my memory. It will, I'm confident it will click. Um, Josh um, says, can we bring back Gary Medine? His fight club would toughen up the soft players. Not bad shout. Terry Hansen, it's alarming how bad we are at set pieces, both attacking and defending, and also how bad we are when we concede. Sorry to be negative, but does anyone sense a comeback when we do at the moment? We're so easy to beat, it's embarrassing. Um, Diff MJ's popped up again. More positive news. Aidan Flint just put in another howl of Stoke. Did anyone see that today? Um, no, I, was, goal. I had a nap this, morning, uh, this afternoon. I thought I was, I had a, like a 20 minute, half an hour lap. Do you have a fever dream about Aidan Flint? It was two and a half hours. I woke up sort of um, just as the uh, Brighton game was coming to an end. Um, the first goal, it, it was the keeper's fault, but um, Zhao had a shot on goal which on an empty net, which Flint was trying to defend it. It bounced just before Flint went to clear it. So he just like went to clear it and it bounced over his foot. So it looked really bad. Uh, but then he did get the assist for their, their equaliser. So uh, it balanced out. Uh, Stephen Williams, is there an argument given the perceived lack of leadership about the short uh, that Steve, I think he means... Sean Morris, I keep confusing Sean and Steve, that Sean Morrison is given a short-term contract when fit. His capability in the air would be helpful at both ends of the pitch. Thoughts? Uh, we kind of covered that off already. Josh Mars, listen from Florida for every pod. Worth a shout-out. That is worth a shout-out, but why are you flying to Florida to listen to the podcast? You can listen to it in Wales. Um, no, I appreciate that. We do get, we, we can see on Anchor, our podcast software, where those listeners come from. Um, and, and we have a few in America. So if you're one of them, thank you for listening in on every pod. Uh, do we now have- listen to us in the Philippines. 
Yeah, and that's the one that always. Well, we know who see. listens to us in the Philippines. He gives us money on Kofi, kofi.com forward slash VFT Indian. Um, but now we have our striker. What's to change? Do we scrap the 4 3 3? And because not much to cheer about, what's the go to Chinese order? Um, Ben, what's your go-to Chinese order, considering your food opinion seems to cause the most controversy? Oh, no, I'm standing with, the, with that. Crispy beef, Cantonese-style sweet and sour chicken, and what else do we have? Uh, duck and plum sauce with egg fried rice and chilli chips. Lovely. Tom? I don't often have a Chinese anymore. You can tell I moved to London. I'm more of a Vietnamese man now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> just prick. <laughs> <laughs> but you have... I, I I can't really argue with Ben with the Chinese order. To be honest with you, there's a lot a lot of good in that. You know, I I, well, I happily tuck into that. And then order. I douse it all in marmite. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what's really funny. I think this is the first thing we've ever agreed on as a three because I'm a crispy chili beef man as well. Yeah, so it's lovely. Um, stuff. But I I tend to have it with special fried rice. Um, because I love a bit of special fried rice. Um, Henry say our coaching team may be experienced, but they've got a. They've got a lot of playing experience in the championship. They've gone full pep and forgotten the physicality they played with was needed for them to win. Neither Morrison or Hudson were silky players. Yeah, I'm fair. Um, and the last one on the negative side, Tom, Daniel Morgan. Who's got nicer hair, Colin Robinson or Kiefer Moore? And also, would you like to have in your team? I believe you met him yesterday at the Den. Yeah, and he was in the VFDN shirt as well. Legend, hero. What a bloke. Look, look very nice in it as well. Well done. Um, <laughs> I, I'd go Kiefer Moore. I think both we both answers both both hair and squad. I think we're crying out for that type of striker at the moment. I think he would score a hat full of goals, being a focal point with the type of play we're playing with at the moment. So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd love to have him back. Ben, yeah, completely agree. Um, don't know if he scored a hat full of goals because I think the chances are there for him to score a hat full. I think he'd be getting very angry. <laughs> thimbleful, <laughs> a thimbleful of goals. Um. Right, moving on to the positive side of things. Uh, Gonzo McKenzie, we should get along better with the second tier now that the team is doing their best to meet their pre-season prediction. Um, still haven't <laughs> heard from them this season. <laughs> Do they not have us on anymore? It's quite funny. Uh, Henry say, it is positive that Stephen is in denial that we have a soft underbelly. Uh, Matt Diff MJ, the third kit looks the nicest of the three. Thanks, NB. Uh, Blue Army, I don't have to watch a Mitt McCarthy team ever again. K49745, I captained Harlan on FPL this week. Uh, great work. Um, Noah, that I hopefully never have to watch us play five centre-backs again. Um, Bluebirds passed. The kids are back in school this week. Gwyn Jones, League One could be fun, lads. Um, Gwydion Edwards. That's positive it was and negative at the same time. Fair play. It was. Us. Yeah, Gwydion Edwards is a bit of a negative. It's ended up in the wrong side, so I'll, uh, I'll come back to it in a minute. Cardiff match-worn shirts. Yes, I think we're close to clicking. I think we'll batter a team at home at some point. Owen Davis, Robertson looks bright. Do you think we needed a Hugo-type player target man to play up alongside him? Or will Keanu Tete prove to be that man, given a bit of time? Um, ben, there was a slight rumour late in the day that we were going to get Hugo as well as Robinson. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think we're going to miss someone like Hugo? Not massively. We've already got strikers that don't score a huge amount of goals. <laughs> um, I'm not heartbroken he didn't come in. Like with what we've got, I think it's fine. Um, I also don't think Atete is ever going to be a target man. I think we're too accustomed to seeing big lad. He's yeah. a target man. Um, look at Glatzel, for instance. When you don't try and play him as a target man, they do wonders. And I think over time, if Atete develops as he should, I think he'll develop into that sort of player. So yeah, um, no, I'm not. I'm not heartbroken. Hugo didn't come as much. I enjoyed him last year. Also, he did look knackered all the time. Um, Gwydion Edwards, it was a frustrating watch. It's going to be a long season for us. Keep the faith. The rock was wrong with Colwell yesterday. Tom, do you think Colwell's just game management stuff? I, I hope so. 
um, it, it seems that he can't quite get up to the fitness levels that you know Morrison's looking for. I think the type of football we're playing, you need to be you know, fully fit um, to get ninety minutes out of them. So he's clear, like even in the Luton game where he tried a little bit too hard to make something happen yeah. towards the end of the game, he's clearly that one player who's got natural class about him. So yeah, I think it is just game management. I'm going to see a lot more of him. Matt Bates, yes, mentioned? we should why he didn't play in the press conferences. Because I didn't didn't see anything about it why he didn't play. I, I just assumed it was a tactical thing. But um, yeah, I haven't. I didn't see anything. Um, but I didn't look at the press conferences that closely because we lost. Um, Matt Base, yes, we cannot be expecting to win every game. We cannot be expected to gel instantly. I believe we've shown improvements all over the pitch from last season, albeit in front of goal. We are struggling. It will click, but it will take time. Still not a genius. I'm positive that we can get through these teething issues and reap the long-term rewards. As Morrison has mentioned before, this squad is built with the future in mind and to outlast Morrison. This is clearly a very different recruitment to that than, say, of Mick McCarthy. Uh, Daniel Morgan, loads of compliments about my VFTN top yesterday. Lovely stuff. We love to hear it. And the final one here goes to Tim Wagner. Yes, we've got depth and options in midfield and the youngest squad we've had for years. Some really good and promising players, just not just at the club, but out on loan, King and McGuinness especially. It's going to be a long process to build this club back up. Tanner's back, Morrison, and I think he will again in the next window when it'll be clear at what else we need. No need to panic just yet. Here, 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 here. And that had the most likes of any of the replies we had on Twitter. So there we That's go. nice. Um, moving on to the newest feature on the view from the Ninian is guess the former Cardiff City player by this nugget from Wikipedia. Um, I'm gonna work on a catchier title. No, I love it. Um, Leave it. But it's, all right, that's the that's the title. And that's what we're going for. Um, I've got one. It's from Wikipedia this week. I can't remember what section it's from, but I'm guessing personal life um, because it doesn't relate to football. Um, and this is uh, one for both of you. If you know it instantly, just pretend like you don't, so we can you know get some drama on the radio and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Using the name Blow, this footballer released his debut mixtape as a solo rapper. He had recorded tracks for years and performed in disguise with a rap group called The Fellas before releasing the mixtape in early 2020. Now, I picked this one this, because this... there's a few former Cardiff City players who've been close to music. That's what I was going to say. This could be like a handful of people that I like. There's exactly. names popping out. I have no idea. Like, really what names have come to your head, Ben? What have you got? Well, Omar, I know. Was it Omar Bogle uh, came out and said hung, he did the thing we hung well, up. Well, he he officially quit music, didn't he, Bogle, to to go into rap within the last couple of years. Yeah, so that's why he came to came to my mind. Um, there's a few others. I know, like Nathan Blake's got his own sort of record label thing. I know he's mm -hmm. very into his music, and it wouldn't surprise me if he did it. Um, yeah. Tom, anyone I'm also that terrified to your it could be some really random like Gavin Ray just out of yeah. nowhere. I was hoping it would be like Chris Burke. I could see him into <laughs> fellas. Uh, <laughs> but I think Bogle was the only one that run any bells with music, like Ben said. But I, I, yeah, I'd have to go Bogle. Enlighten us, Ben. So you're gonna, are you going to, Ben, do you, are you going to go with Bogle as well? Yeah, I'll go with Bogle as well. You're both wrong. It was Quincy Wusu Bay. <laughs> And a little, nugget, a little nugget on top. Quincy is the cousin of English rapper Sway. Um, Sway, uh, what did he do? Um, up Your Speed. This is my demo. Um, if, you, if you're if you a fan of kind of rap music in the mid-2000s, you would know who Sway is. He was on the, the Harvey Nicks track with the Mitchell Brothers, another great British duo in rap. So, um, yeah, it was Quincy Wusu Bay. So am I 2-1 up? Because you got it in the week, didn't you, Ben? And yeah, this I is got the third time week. we've done it. 
it's the third time we've done it. I, I'm two, you're one. So, um, Tom, you're only you're, you're nil because you weren't here when Ben got yeah. it on Wednesday. Are you, so. are you, you're only going to do personal life, aren't you? No, I won't. <laughs> I was generally looking through loads to find <laughs> other stuff as well. But, like, I'm just trying to find – basically, my theory with it is I'm just trying to find something that isn't obvious. And, like, and that's only ever going to come into personal life, isn't it? <laughs> no, I don't yeah. think so because, like, something could have happened in their football career – that is quite yeah, not true. obvious. It's just at the moment, the, the football career section is quite dull half the time because it is just saying they signed for so-and-so. They did this, yada, yada, yada. So I'm just trying to find the personal life or like the outside of football or post-football section is the most rich, nutrient-rich for these quizzes. So. I might uh, start editing Wikipedia pages to see if you accidentally pick one of them. I was literally about to put that out to the listeners and <laughs> see, right, who can put something into a random player's page to see if Ben picks up on it and it ends up on this quiz. Have you ever tried to edit a Wikipedia page? Yeah, I put all my friends the starting line for Carmarthen Quinns. Uh, <laughs> but it gets changed so quickly. Oh, it's lightning fast. My, we did yeah. one in uni. Um, we had a lad in our course that we found out played for the Zimbabwean national team like the early 2000s late 90s something like that and um, we jokingly made a Wikipedia page for him and that got taken down very very quickly and sort of everything we changed from being Zimbabwe's top goal scorer <laughs> yeah didn't last long yeah I think um, yeah it, 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 it doesn't it doesn't last long I've, I've done stuff through work by editing Wikipedia and you get flagged pretty quickly if you try and do anything that is not deemed acceptable which is yeah, anything my, on Wikipedia my friend is still in the notable people on Ely Cambridgeshire uh, as being a famous philanthropist who has 11 friends. So that hasn't been taken off yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously not a, a watch page that much. Um, that will return next week. It's a, it's, I think it's one of the best um, quizzes I've ever come up with on here. So um, that'll be back next week. Um, rounding off the pod, looking ahead to next Saturday to Hull. Um, ben, we have a week between games. How novel. Um, will this be a welcome week for, for, for Morrow and the boys? Get them back on the training ground, shout at them a little bit, get Callum Robinson integrated with the squad? Yeah, I think it's really important now, isn't it? Sort of bed down, sort of keep developing these ideas. It's difficult. To, again, it's difficult to implement a new system when you're not on the training field yeah. for most of the week. I think like when you're playing back-to-back, like uh, Saturday, Tuesday, um, realistically you're only on the training field to tick over you're not doing much as far as tactics because there's no time for people to learn it so yeah these sort of weeks are invaluable to us in our development going forward um, Tom Huller in 12th uh, they lost 2-0 against Sheffield United thanks to whoever filled that one in because uh, I didn't pay attention to the fact that they, I, I left it blank for them playing today. Um, they've obviously gone through a big transition themselves. They've new manager, a load of new players in. They've signed quite well. Um, what do you make of them this season? Do you think they've got? What did you put them in your predictions? Do you remember? I have no idea. I, I, yeah, I think exactly. no. I put them. I put them. I think because everyone was hotly tipping them, weren't they? I think I put them bottom half. Um, God, Ollie McBurney scored again. Yeah, I know. Hateful, hateful man. But hey, I think funny. I think that like. I think you mentioned it in, in our agenda. I think they are a team going through tr- transition as well, Hull. I think they're still trying to find their feet. So this feels like an opportunity for us to, you know, take advantage of that and actually get a home win. I think they could be quite vulnerable at times. They haven't really hit the heights that people were hoping. So yeah, I I, yeah, I think this we've got quite a difficult run of fixtures. We've got, you know, Borough away straight after it, Huddersfield away after it, and then Burnley at home, Blackburn at home. So I think this is a real, real big one for us to get. We need to get some points on the board. Ben, as, as Tom said, is it a must-win for you? You know, do we have must-win games nine games into the season? No, I don't think it's must-win. It's just again, it's all about performance, isn't it? It's sort of 
trying to build on what we've done in the past or just try and make sure we're back on track. Because I think the last few weeks have been a bit of a setback as far as how sort of in fans' eyes, it's getting the fans back on side, sort of playing some nice stuff. And yeah, if we can get a couple of goals, even better. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's crisis stations if we don't pick up three points. Um, yeah, it's not like it's going to be a disaster. They've got players that, they're a really weird side, sort of what's gone on with them. Um, they've got some really good players yeah. that potentially could be really good. And if they click, they could batter teams. So it's not like it's an easy, We should, like you can't look at it and say on paper, oh, we definitely should be winning that kind of game. So yeah, it's all about the performance for me, not so much the result. They're bringing, they put Seri off the bench today, which is ridiculous for a championship club to be bringing a player like John Michael Seri off the bench. Um, Tom, is there any changes you'd make? Would you bring Robinson in? Who you start in the midfield? Um, would you put me in goals? Would you start um, Steve Morrison at the back? Would you put Olsop at number 10? Yeah, Just all the changes those. question. Um, no, I think Robinson comes straight in. I think that's the obvious one. Um, if Colwell's anywhere near fit, even if he's only fit enough to play 50, 55 minutes, I'd, I'd start him. Um, I think we've got to do something to try and unlock teams early in the game. Because, you know, I think Birmingham's the only game really where we looked confident and we scored fairly early in that game and then we looked confident on the back of it. So I think it's important mm-hmm. to hit the ground running in these games. So I think, yeah, those two coming in would be ideal for me. Ben, anyone else you'd bring in? Uh, if Odada's fit, Odada comes back mm. in for me. Ooh, uh, come in place of Philogene. Um yeah, and then it's try and work out what we do in the midfield. I, I you take you taking out the big man Philogene, all seven foot four of all him. seven foot four of uh, Philogene, <laughs> great great Carly esque player. Um, yeah, so yeah, he definitely comes out for me. Um, I'm not overly impressed with him at the moment. So yeah, Odada, we look just much better if he's fit. So bring him in, and he is fit. Good looking man. Um, predictions, Tom. Three uh, one win. Ben. One old draw. I'll go two now. Meet in the middle. Uh, right, that's it for another week of the View from the Ninian. Thanks for joining us. If you like our nonsense and want to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash BFT Ninian. Um, if you like what we did and want to contribute to the podcast, we do this for the love, not the money. Kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, ben, if you were to wrestle any of the Cardiff City players, which one would you wrestle? Um... Uh, Philogene. He's got a big man, as we just discussed. Yeah, everyone likes like the small guy, little guy story, don't they? So taking on seven-footer would be a great story. Uh, Tom, same question to you, because I can't think of another one. Good, because I was already planning my answer. Uh, uh, Waters. You'd wrestle Waters? I think he's low on confidence at the moment. I think <laughs> I, I, I think I think he'd break early doors. Uh, you know, I think Morrison has just broken him down. I don't think he's a, his, his old self is Max. So, yeah, I'll go after him. One All RKO right. jobs to goodness, it? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a little run at Nkuku, I think. Um, I'm just clean off. Yeah, but I'm probably, I think <laughs> I'm just twice the size of him. He's, he's quite thin and I'm off. quite fat. So, yeah, but it'd be fun. It'd be fun. I just picked it. I honestly just picked a player. <clears throat> excuse me. A player at random then. So, um, maybe I'll change my mind and I'll come back with a better answer next week. But I once again, thanks for joining us. Scrappy Perry NG. Because I think he's nuts, and I think he's yeah, batting. No one's fighting him, are they? No, he had uh, like a, like a brass knuckle or something. Yeah. Like... All right, I think it's probably a good place to leave it. Thanks for joining us on the View from Ninian once again. We'll be back next week. Ta-ra. They 
may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and